Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. School. <laughs> Getting made fun of in hallways. Because uh, you don't know where you're going? Yeah. Or for other reasons. It's so funny. It's so funny, Walter. It's so funny, Ben. Caitlin <laughs> <laughs> um, evidently has no sense of direction in the psychology building. Is the psychology no, building? Philosophy building, building, building is. Psychology is, lab. It's only one floor, and I'm just get lost. It's terrible. That reminds me of Altgeld Hall at the University of Illinois. See, Illinois did a strange thing. All of the old schools, like, you know, I know Harvard had one of these, but I think all the old schools do, have a church or a cathedral-type building that was converted into a classroom building. Uh, I think it's a memorial hall at Harvard, which actually houses the freshman dining hall as well as a theater. There's no actual classroom. And the, and the freshman union is down the stairs, student union. But a lot of schools have this. University of Illinois did not have this. They decided they needed a converted church. So they just built one. <laughs> it was the law building, originally, I think. It's called Altgeld Hall. And uh, so it was built on roughly a the cruciform, like, church, old church floor plan. But due to the fact of the way they build it, there's, like, 17 different levels within all, 20-something different levels within Altgeld. So there's, like, 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 there's, like, a hallway that goes, like, up three steps, and then another next to it, there's, like, seven steps down. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just the most bizarre so thing in the I whole world. I assume they have a minotaur in there somewhere, right? Um, I think it's next to the post office downstairs. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, there's like a library and a classroom and a whole bunch of little classrooms, like a a big lecture hall and a bunch of little classrooms and a post office and... What a terrible building. And a minotaur. Yeah, it it is... Altgeld is is, is terrifying and like you basically just have to memorize the path from the door that you go in up to your room because otherwise you won't find it. (laughs) Hogwarts... It is really kind of like Hogwarts. <laughs> I've tried that. It's, including like the, the like like the platform thirty three and a quarter the cheese comic. or the cheese comic. Why are we the wheel of cheese? You know this stuff does not translate well. Terrible for minotaur. Sorry, but you're talking about a minotaur, and it's a comic about what he does with the yarn, which was knit a, t- a sweater that says "friend" on it instead of using <laughs> it to get out of the. Uh, Fair enough. That's adorable. Uh, it's what is the name of the comic? Apple tea. It's like all about various different well, myths and oh, stuff. that's gonna be we'll you know, like that. When I think Minotaurs, God, I can't remember the name of that movie. It was the one with where Zoe Deschel was the uh, the, the prize at the end of the movie. <laughs> and <coughs> oh, is there a movie she isn't? Was it I, um? Hitchhiker. It wasn't uh, Joey Dutano, wasn't it? Natalie Portman or something? No, it was, it, this was the one where uh, with the fucking. Yo, the fucking. I could swear God. it was not Zoe Deschanel. Really? I thought it was her. Who knows? It's irrelevant. Without her bangs, well, I don't know who she Chanel? is. Probably. Probably. I don't know Death who she is man. when she doesn't have her bangs on. She, yeah, I just I don't, like there's I don't, no way it's hard to, to, know. to recognize her. But there's a Minotaur in that movie. It's a, sort of a mishmash of various fantasy things. And uh, one of the guys slays the Minotaur and uh, cuts off his penis and wears it as a uh, necklace. Oh, I've yes. seen that. Yeah, that was, oh, that was the, the one where it was like the bunch of Greek myths all mashed yeah. together. Yeah. Wasn't. Invincibles. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It immortals. Was the, immortals. It was immortals. Was it immortal? No, Maybe. no, no. Maybe. No. Immortals was a, a more serious movie. This was the one with um, the guy who's the explosive experts in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. 
Danny McBride. Yeah, Danny, Danny McBride. McBride and uh, what's his Star Wars? But anyway, what? <laughs> I thought the uh, the male lead was what's his Star Wars I didn't from the second or th- and uh, third episode. Maybe, maybe. Who fucking knows? All I remember was. Uh, oh no, it's it not. That's not him. It was. Uh, it, it's uh, It's irrelevant. <laughs> Minotaur penis necklace. Yeah, <laughs> and he I gave thought. it to. He didn't. He give it to the woman. He did. He did give it to her. Yeah. When he saved her from the fucking angel. Yeah. When I think of Minotaurs, I think of um, a <coughs> game of D and D that I that I heard about, um, and it was set in uh, Planescape, which I don't know if you guys know anything about Planescape, but basically it's you, you have all the different realms like that's mm-hmm. the outer planes, the outer yeah. planes, and then then you have uh, what's that? Sigil. Sigil. That's what it's it is. It's not Sigil. It's Sigil. It is Sigil. It's, it's pronounced Sigil. For no good reason. The guy who told me, the guy was. The, the Everyone pronounces it yeah. Sigil. It's Sigil. Sigil um, at the top. Uh, uh, it's pulled over by the Lady of Pain. Who is one of the best characters in I all the DD mythology. I love the Lady of Pain. Lady I love Pain the Lady of Pain. Have you but played Planescape Torment? I haven't, but it's on my list of games to play. Okay, you should. Um, I'm, I'm still fighting through Baldur's Gate. It's stronger than I thought it would be. So, um, it is very strong. It's pretty strong. That's why I'm drinking it really slowly. Um, <laughs> I had a sip and I'm like, oh dear. It's a lot of alcohol. But anyway, so Lady of Pain, one of the punishments. For crossing her, it's called mazing, which is where she she because she has the ability to make uh, like domestics basically, and so she puts you in a like uh, inescapable maze you know, mm-hmm. a, of you know it's in its own little pocket dimension. And so um, this guy was playing this game. I think he was actually running it. And this player came up as a, with a minotaur. And this is second edition, so that you had to like find like that was a little that was a little obscure to find the rules for playing a minotaur. But he was super proud because uh, proud of it. He's like, all right, yeah, it's gonna be great. And so so he was he was really excited. So when they started playing, he t- did everything possible to piss off the Lady of Pain. So finally the Lady of Pain descends like, the fuck, dude? Like, what? And so she's like, mazed. Ha! <laughs> At which point the player is very the proud of let, let's, let's put it this way. The Lady of Pain is far more enigmatic than that. That, that She probably would not actually interact with you. You're fortunate if you get out just being mazed. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but long story short, he got mazed, and so and then he, and then he, he looks up at the DM very proudly and he says, I escape. Because minotaurs can never get lost in a maze. <laughs> Which is some like little obscure rule. Um, and they, they actually changed it for 3-5. Now it's only a plus 4 to navigate mazes. Gosh. But yeah, and so, and so, so, so the DM did. The DM was like, alright, very well. She puts you in another maze. And this one, you know exactly the way out. It is a long corridor, several billion miles long. Have fun walking. <laughs> if you well, if you know the mythology of the Lady of Pain, um, the, the amazing, amazing is actually the most benign thing she can do to you because it's not Fatal or crippling. If her shadow falls across you, it's it, it, it severs whatever it touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the minotaur might have ended up you know legless, eyeless, armless that is, uh, in a maze. And then the the exit is only fifteen feet away. But that's a rough casting. <laughs> um, the Lady of Pain is very cool because she is one of the most powerful and yet underdeveloped and therefore enigmatic. Which I think is one of the problems with a lot of established settings is that they, they describe too much. They leave too little to the imagination. Well, they stat up deities. You yeah. know, it's like... The Lady of Pain has no stats. I know. That's why I like her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lady of Pain is just the Lady of Pain. Well, I also like the Lady of Pain because she stands up to the gods. She's, if not, just as if not more powerful than all of the gods. She but manages she's, to keep them out of single and they all want in. But she's not a god. No. Which I think it's is really awesome. interesting. We, we don't know what she is, in What fact. a badass. Yeah. Probably I know, right? tier, fourth level, or uh, fourth... Uh, Edition character. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that seems pretty pretty legit. Yeah. 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 Who's that annoying wizard who everyone wants to have in that there? Oh, 
that shit. What's his name? Oh, what, yeah. What, Elminster are you talking yeah. about? Yeah! Oh, Elminster, yeah. The, that's, the, uh, that's the opposite. That is a terrible character who has been overdeveloped and is useless. Yeah, I've been in it's not as bad so as that many dark campaigns. Drizzt. Drizzt? Yeah, Drizzt. Drizzt. Gosh. That guy. Extra apostrophe. <laughs> Random Z. See the, the lover warlords in the new magic card? There's the new magic card set. There's the two one. lover warlords um, for the flavor text. It, it says uh, Legend tells of like two warriors who. Uh, two warlords who fought, had this like horrible, horrendous fight um, through time. Um, but the truth was, they were peaceful lovers. And I was like, oh man! That was set on flavor text! That was their front. Yeah. That's I was like, awesome. that's that's pretty intense that magic. That's awesome. <laughs> Doesn't make me. I'm gonna feel more comfortable playing you, but. <laughs> well, well I it's mean, not for everyone. Nice try. <laughs> what don't you like about playing magic? Oh, I'm just not good at it. Oh, I, I, I think you'd be good at it, but it requires a lot games. of time and a lot of money. I used to know how to play. Like, I played in 7th and 8th grade super intensely, and then I just, I tried to get into the community, <coughs> and the local community was super not fun. So there was a, just a, a lot of shit. I want to say... You just play EDH and forget... Yeah, I'm also magic. just bad at card yes, games. At collectible card games, I'm awful at them. Well, I'm the same way. I'm not great at card games. Well, the very principle of the collectible card game is get a deck and design it using hours and hours and use hundreds of dollars to make it so that you're likely to use the <coughs> deck in the way that you hope it will work. And God, if it encounters a problem... Yeah. Like, if it turns out you just made a mediocre deck with all mm-hmm. that time and all that energy and all that money, that sucks. That's too much. Which is what I love about EDH. It is a multiplayer game. Elder Dragon Highlander, which is also known as Commander, the official name of the format is Commander. That is the, the well, you can describe the well, format of the game. The format of the game is basically that you uh, have a commander who is your general. It's a named character a in A legendary magic, creature. A legendary magic. creature in, in magic <laughs> lore. Who gives some flavor to your deck in a way that other decks just don't have. And the reason they call it Highlander is because there can only be one because you have a hundred card deck. And other than basic land and the cards that explicitly say you can have more than, you can have any number of these in your deck, uh, you can only have one of any card. The other rule is that you cannot have any card that does not have a mana symbol that appears on the commander. So it's very flavorful for the general <coughs> you pick. And that's, that's where most of the flavor comes in. But the, my favorite part about this is that it's multiplayer as its natural format. And when you have a multiplayer game that's competitive, it's not who has the best deck. Mm-hmm. It's who has a good enough deck to win combined with the circumstances that happen in the game. All my decks are shit. And I win at least half the commander games I play because I'm a sneak and I'm conniving and I design my decks to look like crap until they win. I love you, you little shit. <laughs> my, my, my deck is the Those same way. It is, yeah. it is not actually a very good deck. It requires way too many turns to get going. But it's also not a threat uh, until everybody else has gone, well, he's not a threat, so we got to kill each other. Yeah. And then they kill each other, 
and maybe I can pick up the pieces. Yeah, and that's what's great about it because it isn't a question of who spent the most yeah. money on your deck. If you did, who... everyone's going to gang up on you and kill you. Yeah, first because and then they'll sort the pieces because out. Because aggro is a new stat in a multiplayer game. There is utility, man- mana cost, and aggro. Where before it was just utility and mana cost. I think that's awesome. If you have the cunning and guile, you can use my decks. <laughs> well, that's basically okay. how I get through games. They're definitely not right? for people who are traditionally good at magic. The Relentless Rats deck doesn't need a whole lot of cutting or guile. Yeah, that's true. That one is just like, yeah. oh, look, I have all the rats and I win. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's true. That one uh, was back before. Well, that, that deck had other problems, though, that it was just too powerful. And so I pared it yeah. down heavily. When I decided to pare it down, it had 17 wins out of 23 games I played, and they were all multiplayer. And I think two wins out of three that I played. Yeah. I because mean, maybe, the, maybe worse. The, it's the, mon- I mean, the, the, way this, the way this deck worked was that there's this card called Relentless Rats that says, Relentless Rats have power and toughness equal to one plus the number of Relentless Rats in play. Relentless Rats also has text on it that says you can have any number of these in a deck. So this is the only card that isn't a basic land that you can have any number yep. of. <laughs> and they, and I think, you what, at a, at a hundred cards you had like 80? No, no, no only 30 rats. Only 30 rats. Nearly okay. 30 rats. But um, he also had this card called Thrumming Stone that said that when you play a card, uh, play a creature, you turn on the next four cards of your deck, and if any of them are that creature, you play that creature for free. And Which it, triggers the Thrumming Stone. Which tra- And then continues until... Until he decides he doesn't want to anymore, yeah. and then he's and it just rats. it was bad. And in <laughs> addition to it, if I had kept playing it, I would have started having a much worse win loss record because people would immediately say, "It's Will, get him." Yeah, but say yeah, the solution to the relentless rash deck is to kill you instantly. Yeah, and I couldn't. And the deck has no defense against that. It's got all its cards into making the rats actually work. Because a third of it, the deck is rats, a third of it's mana, and a third of it are the things that make the rats do interesting things. And between that, I had, <laughs> I think, all of three utility cards. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was a terrible deck. It's, uh, it just wasn't fun. There's it like, wasn't fun. And I think this actually goes back to, like, uh, game, like play philosophy, the idea that, like, if you have a card that says, I win, and this is in D&D, it's in Magic, it's in any game where, like, you can lever mechanically... Mm-hmm. Um, that actually makes the game not fun. Exactly. People didn't want to play against it, and for good reason. Yeah. Because either, well, okay, we just have to spend the first part of the game just killing you. Yeah, either. Which is not going to be fun for you. It's not fun for me. And frankly, it's not fun for me either when I say, alright, I've got uh, a board that cannot be stopped. Deal with it. No, oh, wait, I'm you can't. perform 15 actions, and then I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. But yep. Because everyone had to sit around for five minutes watching me, ten minutes sometimes. Flip over my rats. I'm like, hey everyone, watch me. I'm so cool with my combo. Look at my clever combo that I did, guys. Now you gotta wait while I do my clever combo. <clears throat> and th- that's one of those, uh, like we were talking about last time, that's one of those Johnny moments where the reward for you is building that deck more than playing. It's true. Mm-hmm. See, and that, that is the thing <clears throat> I would say is that I myself like the deck building aspect. You know, Sure, it can be kind of fun to go and play afterwards, but I like building a deck, and then, you know, hey, if the deck works, it's awesome. Uh, if it doesn't, whatever, then I just go and make another deck. That's one of the reasons I like deck building games so much more than collectible card games, is because you're building the deck while you're playing, so 
Yeah, you get to see. There's also more variation because in a lot of those games, it's randomized what tool, what building blocks you even have to, oh, yeah. to play um, out, which makes it a different game every some, single time. They're you not play old. It. Like um, Eminent <clears throat> Domain is the same cards every time. The only okay. difference is like what planets you can survey and settle. But you know, there's three different types of planets, and there's a very small variation there. It's not like anything game changing or or anything. Not like most of them where. You pick ten out of fifty cards. Yeah, and even know. even like like warriors, there's different variations on each monster, so they have mm-hmm. different things. Although you basically always want the blue knight. <laughs> I wish I had even a basic understanding of any of these games. I can't pick it warriors up. Warriors is super fun. It's it's have you played have you played it at all before? I warriors, tried. It, what I tried. You tried okay. It's it warriors actually has a reasonably high cognitive load because there's strategy there. It also requires but, a fair amount of math. I'm good at math. It, the Steve main thing not... it requires is luck, though. Like that is <laughs> that's the, true. The that, one thing yeah. that it has above and below every other deck building game <clears throat> is no matter how even if you have the right strategy, you can have you bad can, luck. You can just roll nothing but, but mana or nothing. But I like that because even if you're bad at the game, you can still. Win. Oh yeah. And I like games like that because I don't try to be good at games. I played Kingdoms of Amalur for ten hours on <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalur was, was a game by the Studio 23 yeah. that failed. I had a friend who actually yeah. worked for them. Um, they went under. Um, it was Kurt Schilling's company. He took a bunch of his baseball money and got some investment from the state of Rhode Island. Is that how that happened? Hmm. He was number really? 23. That's that's why they called it that. Uh, uh, yeah, he um, and, and, and he had no idea what he was doing, clearly. Like, he was a baseball player trying to make video games. You know, it's funny. It's and, and, almost like my first uh, RPG, except in the unnecessary complexity. Yeah, because it was, I mean, but like, wasn't it like R.A. Salvatore was writing fiction for it and stuff like that? Like, it was like, all the people that you don't want, I mean, something, some of, something, something. <laughs> some of it was really interesting. Like, I loved how they did the elves. Because the elves in this game were immortal, but not in the traditional way of immortality. Mm. Instead of living forever and never dying, when they die, they are, uh, they're reborn into new bodies with new personalities that go through the exact same life. And all Fae are like this. And so they call their, the events in their lives, which are always the same, songs. And they go through the same things over and over again. Yeah. And so the thing about the game is that you're coming in as a player who is the first person who can change fate. And so you're messing up all their songs. They're they're both excited and really upset about it. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen. I also love the gnomes. Yeah, the gnomes are cool too. What's up with the gnomes? Uh, well, instead of having like, you know, the, you have the standard fantasy races you go to the Romes and the 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 Romes. The Romes. <laughs> well, yes, Romes, but they're oh, the Romans. Romans, is what I was trying to get to think. They're they're essentially the Romans. They have that kind of the Nomans. Yeah, they're the Nomans. Approach <laughs> to other cultures. They've and got math and science, but not like like machines and cogs and stuff like that. But like more traditional, like like they they know about how to build a road. And they know about using ledgers in order to imp- increase productivity. <coughs> so it's it's an interesting world on one hand, in some ways, and on the other hand, it is just a shitty contrived story. That you go through a deciduous forest into a desert into a blasted uh, landscape of evil. Huh, it sounds like something else we're doing. 
Okay. Look. The world has only so many environmental settings. No, that's perfect. Because that's part of it. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. What I'm tropes. saying is, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's a trope that works. It's yeah. it's a formula that works. And every trope that I'm using is being used sarcastically, so it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's, it's sarcastic. <laughs> Lovingly. Lovingly sarcastic. I'm sorry Lovingly I'm eating sarcastic. all of these. It's okay. Dave, Dave I need for them. I but it was the first time I played video games in a while and I was just so excited. So I'll have to, I'll I have not played video games in so freaking long. Oh my god. And I'm still trying to finish a book. I'm trying to finish um, Amanda Downham's uh, second novel in her Necromancer series. And she's really good. You should read them. Um, the Bone Palace, I think it's called. Uh, mm, I don't think I've read that. You, you may have. It seems like the sort of thing you'd enjoy, too. Uh, for similar reasons, perhaps. Um, but, uh, and then I have a, a God Gabriel K that's just sitting there waiting for me when I finish the Let me check the to see if I've done that one. So I think it sounds so familiar. Um, I'll know right away when I see the description. Anything else? That's that's the that's the gaming I did. That's ten hours of gaming. That's pretty. Yeah, it's a lot of gaming. That's a lot of gaming. It's a terrible game. I did this game today. You did. The you played shorter heroes. <laughs> yeah. fun. That's a fun. I just man, what a great game. Honestly, I just like the deck. Yeah, the like, deck is great. The, the the game is simple. It, it's, uh, it's good. It's all right. I love the deck is brilliant. Yeah, that that's that's really what I was talking about. I need to get it. I need yeah, to get that deck. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get it. About you, Al. I hear you're running a game. Um, a Fallout game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. Although not tonight because you're here. Not yeah, not tonight. <laughs> well, all, two of my three players randomly bailed on me. Well, actually, no. One wasn't random. I've known it for about two days. The other one just like it's my girlfriend's me and my girlfriend's anniversary. I'm like, you couldn't have told me that. <laughs> told me like an hour before. Really? So um. Probably known for about. Maybe as long as a year. Yeah, I, you or, think, one would think. One would think. If it's a guy, it might have been he knew for about two hours. <laughs> yeah, you know, like fair enough. So to be fair, anything for two an years ago, Caitlin fair. forgot our anniversary, and as he, did I. And we, we both forgot on the same day, and then the next day we were like, "Oh damn wait, it. damn it!" <laughs> but it was okay because we both forgot. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So um, it's it's been interesting. Um. I had two uh, two player deaths. That was fun. Um, I run it pretty lethal. I run it like Fallout One or Two. Um, yeah, level so of very reality. lethal. So yeah, very very lethal. Um, but in in my defense, I wasn't trying to kill them. I, I let them kill themselves. Um, they 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 were in a big city. Um, the largest city, the big trade city, has a mafia and a cult that basically were vying for control. And due to some, some things they did, the, the power kind of got swayed in the wrong direction. They decided, you know what? Let's go take down this mafia compound. So the mafia, their like headquarters, is this um, hotel and convention center that's like half a mile outside of the city. Fortified about 150 people. So a party of three decides, let's assault it. In their defense, it went surprisingly well. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they managed to rent uh, some powered armor. From, a, from an arms dealer. They rented power armor? <laughs> well, um, he, he was... It's expensive. They, yeah, but I, if I were going <laughs> to give someone power armor, I'm not sure if they were unsuccessful that it would get returned. Um, Plus there's a finder's fee on it. 
They, um... Well, you factor that into the rental cost. Yeah. I guess you put a really high deposit. Unless it's really good power armor, in which case, yeah. (laughs) Well, the, the, um... The, the thing was, they, uh, the guy knew what they were doing, so he knew they were, they were loot, that they were gonna get plenty of loot from the building if it succeeded. And if not, he can always, you know, take it out of, like, whatever. He, 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 he they, they, they had, they, they're kind of friends, they, they knew each other. It wasn't just a random stranger. But, um, any anyway, rate, so, they, um, they also had one guy who was crippled. Like, every, basically everything, like, his left arm was crippled. And so the power armor is the only way he was actually able to move. Oh, cool. <laughs> just apply, like, uh, Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. The doctor skill to him. Well, just be, use doctor. They didn't, yeah. they were too poor for medical supplies. So the other thing is, I also run it very, uh, where, where, like, like, typically when you haggle over prices in, like, real life, you start, the, the person offering it starts high. You know, like, it, it all, really, really high. Like, ridiculously high. And then you, you know, you low, and you, you haggle through it. I mean, that's how haggling works. The players apparently don't understand haggling, um, and they don't, and they have a barter skill. It's an actual skill in the game, and they never roll it. They just seem to accept people's exorbitantly high prices. So they pay about a 500% markup on everything. <laughs> and if they're listening to this, obviously the ploy is over. But, I mean, like, I wasn't even trying to trick them. They just go with it. So I'm like, okay. So they're broke all the time. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's insane. Oh, my it, It's insane. Um, but, yeah, long story short, they um, two of them went down. One of them went down after the fact, trying to get some loot. And one of them died in the assault. He got critted with a heavy machine gun at close range. He was Chucky Salted. He had 30 health. He took 500. I just declared him dead. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's much coming back from negative 450 health. No, no. 470, I guess. But yeah, so we we, we had some player deaths, which was interesting. Um, Hot. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty hot. (laughs) (laughs) Let's roll a new one. Mm. Or I guess not in Fallout. Um... Yeah, you don't roll, you, you, yeah. you buy, but you we, um, the, we had a tribal, like, shotgun specialist that died. That's not melee. That's not melee, no. They get bonuses to melee. Tribals? Yeah. I guess? Yeah. They get, okay. like, plus 15% to melee, gosh. Okay. Um, they, Will um, is the biggest Fallout nerd but no, you'll run into that She's isn't... Not. L is the biggest Fallout nerd. Oh. Yeah. Well, then you're the biggest fun. Fight. No, I'll lose. I'm too weak. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's an impressive feat, being a bigger fun than Will. I put about 1,500 hours into the combined you, over, the, over all the games. You completed what I attempted and failed. Fallout Tactics? Uh, no, uh, making a Fallout RPG. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, That was a project of his, briefly. Um, <coughs> yeah, yeah, the, the tribal got replaced with the Deathclaw. So now we have an Intelligence 2 Deathclaw running around with the party. That's interesting. She's much happier. Um, that my I, I, that, That's my friend, and she has a very... She, she, in character gen, she likes building cerebral characters, but she plays them like like uh, barbarians. And so I finally convinced her, I'm like, okay, you play barbarians, build the barbarians. You, yeah. like, 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 I'm glad someone has a Deathclaw. They actually play... They actually build it the way you're going to play it, you know? And, um... And so she, she's very, she's much happier. The other guy's a cyborg now. They managed to salvage pieces of his brain, so he's playing like what's left of his character. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is beautiful. That's he, has, he has a percentile yeah. table that he rolls on during every encounter to see what kind of personality he takes on. <laughs> because they've like filled in pieces of it with computer part, parts and things, and it's not quite meshed up right, and it, it's entertaining. <laughs> that seems like an awesome campaign. That, that does seem like a lot of fun. 
It's it's it went, it's been going surprisingly well. I when we first started, because what I did was I made it an open world. I I made the map with all the cities. I named out a couple major players in each city and a couple like the you know the feel of each town and a couple landmarks and things. And then said, "Go have fun." And I mostly improv most of it. Um, I just kind of make things up as I need to. And I gave them about four sessions before they turned into a raiding party, and they haven't yet, which surprises me. <laughs> they actually did the opposite. They actually have a tendency to go get day jobs. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. They, they. So that's the first safer way to live one's life. True, but, but not but, steady work. I don't know. I think it might be in Fallout. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, they, 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 they hit town and they're just all this, they're like, what can we do? And like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. Like, good the, the tribal. She went and built a wall. She did manual labor for like two weeks, for like three caps a day. And I'm like, you can go adventuring. Whatever I don't know, <laughs> it's 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 confusing, but it, it's it's entertaining. <laughs> it makes me how I played Skyrim. You find on the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like how I played Skyrim in my second run through. I didn't want to, you know, just game the smithing system. So oh, I just so went to the local like farmers and stuff who will offer you to like they'll give you like ten um, ten septums or whatever they're called. A day. Um, You're a dragonborn, and you are picking cabbages. <laughs> I was picking cabbages and chopping wood, which is very manly. <laughs> Let me see. I would go and I would steal all the cabbages from one farm. But and my I'd cabbages. go to the next farm, sell it to the person, then steal all their cabbages and take it with me, unless I needed to eat it on the way for like. You know, the game isn't smart enough for that. Yeah. If you like yeah. sell something to someone and then try to pickpocket them for that item, they don't have it. It went off somewhere. Into uh, the ether, perhaps. Really? I think that means it's smart enough to <laughs> what we did in Oblivion and Morrowind. I, I like I, doing it in Fallout, where you could literally steal everything in the shop, because you couldn't steal money. Um, but you could steal everything else, because it was laid out on tables in the first Fallout. You steal everything in the entire store, sell it back to the guy for all of the money, and then pickpocket what you wanted. <laughs> They'd be very good at pickpocket for this. That sort of thing just totally breaks the game. So. Like breaks the immersion. You can pickpocket dragon skulls off of, and bones off of dragons and a bone. Dragon bones. You just grab their bones if you're good if enough at pickpocket. Pickpocket gets good enough in Skyrim. Maybe they've fixed it at this point. Yeah, it used to be that uh, you know dragon bones uh, are on a dragon when it's dead, so it's in its inventory. So there was a glitch. I don't know whether it's fixed. I think that's more a missing, laziness a missing than a flag. Yeah, the flag being yeah, like well, dead <laughs> only item. <laughs> and you, if you snuck up on a dragon and interacted with its inventory because you were good at pickpocket, you could remove its bones. And so this became scales make sense. Scales not bones. Like, not bones. I get very I good love at the idea of pickpocketing a scale off a dragon. That's awesome. That is awesome. Because that's, that, that's, that's a total act of yeah. That's epic. Yes. But I, I would steal three dragon bones on a regular You'd be basis. like, just give me three of your bones. The dragon's like, hey, those are my bones. I'll give you my metatarsal and two of my vertebrae. Those are ten. Okay. Damn. Silly. Silly Skyrim and being able to put buckets on the heads of shopkeeps. That was the same playthrough where that, dra- that dragon corpse kept on following me around, and I just used it as a chest eventually. <laughs> Every Followed t- you around? Yeah, everywhere yeah. she went, so a I dragon corpse fell from the where, sky. Yeah, I had killed a dragon in the College of Winterhold, and it was like one of those. It was like one of those white, frost-looking dragons that fit in really well with the College of Winterhold, right? Like it's an, an encounter the first time you come to the courtyard there, I think, because um, it's happened every time I've played the game, <clears throat> and uh, I killed it, and something apparently 
fucked up the game when mm-hmm. I killed it. Because its corpse showed up in every subsequent city that I entered. So when Caitlin would fast travel, she would fast travel to a location. And, and then a dragon corpse would fall out of the sky, and it would always be that dragon. And all the same stuff in it? Yeah. Yeah, all the same stuff. So you could use it as a chest. Yes, really. yes. Well, she used it as a chest in the chest. And it didn't skeletonize either. That was the weird thing, because usually they skeletonize. Yeah. Which is probably why it was able to do that. Yeah. So I ended up, like, at first I was really frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It just followed her. So, like, I'd go to Riven, corpse out of the sky. You know, like, it would just keep on happening. And eventually I was like, wait a second, this is really convenient. So I started putting my loot in it. So, and it has an infinite inventory. So I just had my loot dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's still like there. The best thing ever. There you go! There you go! I'm staring dead at the sky, and I'm like, I'm gonna put some things into your flesh folds, okay? People do that sometimes with their horses. They kill mm. their horse, they stuff its inventory full of stuff, and then they go into the console or use a spell to resurrect their horse and ride them around for a little while. Then they kill it. And then they, they kill it when they want to interact with its inventory. See, I don't know. If, I mean, I guess I don't That's wanna, animal abuse. The, the, thing about, the thing about those games... What's a crime? Is, the thing about those games is that they're... They're designed to be immersive, so stuff that's world-breaking like that totally ruins it for me. Like, the whole point of that game is being in this world that is consistent and makes sense. Yeah. I think I would, like, go back to the save game before I killed the dragon. I did. It still showed up. It was a glitch. It was a glitch. Caitlin also had backwards flying dragons. Oh, but that was a glitch for a while, too. So even if you reloaded the save before you killed the dragon, the dragon appeared. Yeah. It was her dragon. screwed up. But it didn't that's appear like with the inventory I'd put on later. Does that make sense? There was a... That's a, worthy right there. There was a similar glitch in... Not in my new game, GTA though. GTA... With my other character. 3? Or maybe it was 4? No, yeah, it was one of the 3s. Where if you killed a gang, like, you did this mission and you had to go wipe out this gang. If you did that mission, then the gang would never appear in any of your saves on that memory card or the other memory card plugged in. Like, if that memory card was plugged into either slot, that gang just would not spawn. So if you had to kill that gang in another playthrough... In in a later mission, or if you got to, like, 99%, but you couldn't complete this one mission because of that, so you couldn't 100%, so you started over, then the gang never showed up the next time. You killed them so hard that you (laughs) killed them out of existence. You killed them across space-time. So the second time I 100%... 100%ed GTA 3. I didn't really, but I had everything else. And I was like, good enough. You time warded them. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> that is brilliant. You, you threw a plot hole elemental at me. Um, I, I, actually am, I actually am so into, like, because again, the, the whole appeal of the Elvis Girls games to me is I actually went in Morrowind, and Morrowind there was a, there was a floating point rounding bug that when the, the boats would rock, over time they would slowly tilt up. Yeah. I hacked that. I went into the script and added and added an extension or a, 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 a what do you call them? The uh, plugin, for, so so that the script would like like normal it, it would normalize the bugs because <laughs> it bothered me so much. <laughs> so I'm sort of the opposite of that. It didn't stop me from like running and jumping all over the place to get my athletic skills up. Well, yeah, that's how you gotta do it. Yeah, that's built into the thing. No, you just swim everywhere so you can get it even faster. Yeah, I see. I am super so anti, anti- though. Yeah. like 
massive okay, boosting hacking my game, unless it's for something that I think actually adds to the flavor. Like, <coughs> there are a lot of great animal hacks to Skyrim that just add variety to the fauna. So, like, I, I'm actually... I like... Okay, so, so, so it's interesting with those games, because there's, there's sort of two flavors of hacks. One is, like, you know, improved texture quality, or view distance, or this, that, and the other thing. Right. I love those. I, I, I once hacked a fast travel point in Morrowind where there should have been one on the northwest coast. Like, I added a boat and a guy. Because mm-hmm. why not? But the... But, like, I don't like... I like ones that... Or I rebalanced the armors because it didn't make any sense that glass armor was, like, better than everything except, mm-hmm. you know, it's a light armor. It right. shouldn't be. The same way I added dragon armor into my thing. It wasn't very good, but I added stuff that you could do with... Um, not dragon armor. Uh, dragon weapons. So, dragon weapons. You can make armor out of dragon bones, but not weapons. Yeah, and weird. and like there's progression through every other thing in this natural way, except with the weapons. Because and also, and so I didn't make them really good or anything. I just put them in because it just seemed yeah. like a whole. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of like in, in Morrowind. There was a lot of like if you looked at the armor and weapons, like the, the damage progressions. The progression was stupid. It was like there was like it went up. There was a whole bunch of stuff that was about the same. And then, like, and weighed random amounts, and that didn't make any sense, and then went higher. Like, like I mean, oh, well, silver weapons should weigh more, you know? Like, that, that sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. So I, I, I had to, to, I made a spreadsheet, and I just had it to make sense. But then there's, you were sorry, you were saying. Well, uh, in, uh, uh, in Skyrim, when you have the smithing tree of feats, it's harder to make Daedric armor, which is, like, sort of demonic, than it is... It's easier to make demonic Daedric armor than it is to make dragon armor. But Daedric armor is better, better than dragon armor. Yeah. So why would you want to be able to make dragon armor so if it's I just easier the and better in my to aim. make the, yeah. the demonic armor? And especially since it's freaking Skyrim and it's all about dragons, the dragon armor should be good. Yeah, dragons should be the best thing ever. Yeah. No, I find it's harder to, to get the material for Daedric armor. Oh, to get Daedra it's really hearts. hard. I love that how hard it yeah, is. Yeah, that probably is why. But I mean, I mean, once you but, get but five, can't you, don't, I mean, if it's like the previous Elder Scrolls games, you can just have a spell that conjures Daedric armor on you, right? I don't think I mean, you can do that. that in they don't have Skyrim. conjure armor; they only have conjure weapons these days. Though you can increase your uh, armor score artificially. I actually had a really fun playthrough where I had everything is conjured. I didn't have anything, <laughs> on me, so I was just walking around with no armor and no <laughs> weapons, and awesome. it was the most annoying thing ever. It was also extremely cool for the first twenty hours, and I'm like. All right, fight. Armor. Weapons. Let's go. And then I just got to a point where I thought, wow, this is getting very annoying. Because anytime someone came at me from, like, not directly in front of me, they would one-hit kill me because I was getting really high in the progression level. And so all these monsters were really powerful. But I didn't have... I had an armor score of zero. So instead of taking... 15% Fifteen percent of their damage and being like, "Oh, that hurt a lot." I took a hundred percent of their damage and it killed me instantly. That hurt all of the way. That reminds me of my sundress playthrough of Fallout Three. That's awesome. That's hardcore. Yeah, didn't didn't Conrad do a similar thing by only using the skeever shooter? <laughs> yeah, skeever BB gun. It was the varmint. Uh, the varmint rifle. Oh, the varmint rifle. He oh, he just put. He just, All the crap. You can put a lot of stuff onto this one. It's like the most versatile gun in the entire uh, Fallout game. Or Fallout 3 New Vegas, as I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's a fair one. I still haven't actually started that. The var- can, I, can I pay you money so that I hadn't played that yet so I can play it? That's a service I would buy. 
Yeah. Forgetting that I played a game so I can play it again for the first time. Mm-hmm. You could come over you to wait and long until you, you, watch it's, the expression on my brain. face while I play it. <clears throat> it's about as Fallout, again. Fallout 3 <laughs> is the reason why, you know, like how terrible my navigation skills, they're the reason I don't get lost in my, like, my own apartment and stuff like that. <laughs> Fallout 3 was so good for my navigation skills that I could sometimes make my way out of a building afterwards. <laughs> it, like, seriously helped me. Well, it's I like get so lost in those buildings because yeah. they look exactly the same. They look exactly yeah. the same. They're all destroyed and rotted out, and <sighs> it's not always clear where exits are. Mm-hmm. And the maps are shit. Oh my gosh, because they're all stacked on top of it. It's terrible. The um, stacking drives You guys me aren't nuts. convincing me I should be playing this right no, now. It's, it's awesome! It's awesome! <laughs> it's awesome! And all of these things that we're mentioning, like, I think that the maps and the buildings being difficult actually makes it better because it's realistic, you know? A perfect map. You know. you're, you're trudging through rubble. You're lucky to have a map in the first yeah. place. Where'd you find this map? Like, do you think some raiders, like, post. Perfect, beautiful pictures of the rubble <laughs> on each floor. Like here on this floor, this is what the rubble looks like. <laughs> I always assumed it was that sticking the information. In. It is. It's. It's. Um. It's your Pip Boy's auto map feature. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's. It's. It's actually. I kind of liked what they did with the map. It was not. Not just as hell. Don't get me wrong. But I liked that it mirrored Fault One and Two maps, which were both monochromatic, just flat maps. They were even less helpful than Fallout Three maps. Yeah. <laughs> the um. What you're saying about uh, uh, mods, though, like, one of the things that really frustrates me is when you get a mod that, like, fixes the monster, like, level balancing issues in Oblivion, which is great, and then adds a whole bunch of books and side quests and stuff that break canon. Oh, God, I hate Ugh. it. Or have just, like, badly skinned yeah. weapons and, like, add new items. That's like, why I avoid don't... bundle mods. Yeah. I just do like, singular like, things. It's like most of what I want to mod is fixing the world behavior to make more sense. I think it's exactly what all of us do. <laughs> that reminds me. So there are these, what are they called? The, um, the Forlorn in Skyrim? The Forlorn, they have this really cool animal Damn. armor, like skin armor. This fucking mod. They have, like, antlers, <laughs> and they have, like, they'll often have, like, daedra hearts on them and stuff. Um, so, they or, look, no, briar hearts, briar Yeah, hearts. briar hearts, and they look really, really intense. Yeah. But the females, I thought that their armor wasn't as good. I thought it was, like... I thought it's the armor, it, it just wasn't it was as compelling. Bikini. Yeah, it was a fur bikini. And I was like, that's stupid. I want to... And so I looked, and Sona designed this amazing um, <clears throat> mod for the female forlorn that gave them, like, a variety <coughs> of different outfits that were looked like, you know, like a, if you were practical, out... Rather practical, rather right? based Yeah. And so I downloaded this. But see, when you do it through their official mod downloader, which Skyrim has through Steam... It'll auto-update the mod. And so I logged back into my game, and I was fighting a Furlorn at the time, and suddenly there's this, like, hairy pussy in my face. Just like a bear pussy. It wasn't a bear's pussy. No. It was just, like, they had removed the bottom. The guy's mod, he had changed it, so it was just a vagina and boobs. And so I was being attacked by a naked woman, and I had no idea what was going on or what quest I was in, because I haven't played for, like, a year, right? All I know is I boot up, and there's a naked woman attacking me savagely. And I was like, You're right. Literally. <laughs> so apparently, in the span of that time, he changed the mod, so it would be for nudity, which is fine. I just didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> I just knew there was suddenly a vagina in my face, and I was like... I what's, don't recall this being part of the plot. Well, you know, Caitlin, it's more realistic. 
I'm the Dragon Bone, not the Dragon Born. <laughs> the, the Skyrim porn parody. Plus Road do. <laughs> Damn. So speaking of sex, um, I actually something that I well hold on. <laughs> and this is a thing that this is a thing that I, I haven't actually because I went to my brother's wedding. It's a thing I haven't actually clicked. It was getting really loud. Anyway, what I was saying was, uh, this thing that I was I was uh, thinking about the other day, and I saw somebody posting about, like, somebody making a big deal about there's a there's a uh, new Pathfinder module that's got a really... that, that happens to have NPCs, one one trans woman NPC and, and, a, and a lesbian half-orc, who, and they're married. And, Ooh, scary. Well, no, but I mean, like, they were making a big deal about, oh, look, trad fantasy game that actually has some sort of inclusiveness at all, because well, never. Piazza's actually been doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I thought they had. Paizo, yeah, but I mean, th- this was a particular review of it. But the the, 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 the thing that, that it struck me, I was thinking about how, like, well, okay, so we know that, like, indie games are Wait, much... how do we know she's a trans woman? It's in her backstory, but it's oh, not. Good. It's not the featured so detail. It's not, it's not like one of those. We're not making a big deal about stories. it. So I'm if, you, say, if they just have it as a stereotype thing, where no, like, no. If you if you if you prime for her back, if you like like ask about her backstory, that's yes, awesome. Yeah. So they actually did it well. Yeah, they, they <laughs> did it right, basically. But anyway, so like like long story short, um, uh, I was thinking about what makes like so. Okay, so obviously Monster Hearts. You know, it's the, the the assumption in the Apocalypse World games is inclusiveness. It's, it's everybody's yeah. everybody's in. But I was thinking about what makes that like because obviously Monster Hearts is explicit in the rules, and you know Joe McDonald knows queer, and he is just this is he wanted that in the game. He wanted the queer content in there, and he felt it was important, and it is. Um, but like, what about Apocalypse World? And I was thinking about, it, and, I, and I I think the one thing that like it struck me when I was thinking about this was. When you the, the the box that's male female concealed ambiguous transgressing because you were mentioning the the transgressing yeah, I accidentally one. said transgressing as a transgender I felt so bad they thought I was uh, the LGBT <laughs> yes I was uh, at um, uh, a, a, uh, I guess is that like a DMZ uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was at Q, Q what is it called um it's the Q call a queer people of color okay so um. Gosh. And, Which is why she's a ghost. And, and, she and so, <laughs> and, like, you know, we will, like, it's it's great because at, at Queer, at, at uh, Q-Call and at Freethinkers, um, Freethinkers Club, which I just joined, is, like, a really, really awesome organization here. It's a lot of it has to do with um, secular humanism and some, like, you know, getting pseudoscience out of the way and stuff like that. But yeah. it's it has massive overlap with those things because obviously those things are relevant to like you know pseudoscience and and stuff like that. So when you have your name tags, um, you can. It's always recommended when you join that you put your preferred For pronouns, pronouns on yes. it, right? Which I find really useful. So I, I put it in. And someone said, "Okay, well you put down mine," and I know and I know Scout and I know that she's trans. <laughs> and she was like, oh God. you know, she doesn't identify binary, so I was like putting down trans, but instead of putting down transgender, I put down transgressing because I was thinking of Apocalypse World. Gosh, and I was like, horrible faux pas. And she was like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, um, uh, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> but, anyways, 
So, 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 the, but, but I, I, it struck me that the thing that makes that, the thing that makes that is the fact that it, the box that you put that in is not labeled gender, it's labeled look. Yeah. And, and like, it just, it just sort of struck me the other day, and that, that's the thing that makes the, the big difference there. Because even if you put down man. That isn't, right, that isn't. What does that even gender, mean? Right. Yeah. It's clearly done by sociology people. I love that. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it, it's, 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 it's awesome. Yeah, but, and the fact is, and then the, 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 they, that all of that is carried over into like things like Dungeon World, which are otherwise traditional trophy fantasy. So, anyway, that was that was my observation, which I thought was... I so in medieval fantasy, uh, it just doesn't happen. There aren't people who are don't fit like the normal. But there are people who do. Think of Brienne. People keep on trying to see. Brienne. No, I'm talking about D and D. I think he's yeah. being sarcastic. But, no, I'm yeah. talking about D and D properly. D and D in the, the D and D world, there's no such thing as being gay. No, D and D enforces. D and D is actually really strict about enforcing racial and gender stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fact, all about. It's that. even worse because it's got racial stereotypes. If you're an orc, you get plus five to blank and shit. I don't care. Yeah. But, that's awful. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. but it's, it's I think only as much as you play into it. But it also rewards you for playing into those stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. orc fighter. That's classic. Mm-hmm. Orc barbarian. It's a and, and, the, and the fact is, though, that that, that it's, not... it's worse than that because all of their, all, if you look back, all of their races are basically stand-ins for racial stereotypes we already had. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If you had to, if you had to say, well, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? You could list them all fucking out. Nice Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. well, but I mean, but that's the thing is, it's like it's like. <clears throat> so the fact that 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 Dungeon World doesn't do that, but it looks like that game, is actually really cool and it's slightly subversive. I'm still not sure that I agree on the gender front with D and I don't think D and D basically ignores gender. Oh, as of third edition, D and D explicitly, quote unquote, ignored gender. Yeah, no, before then. Oh, before then, it super didn't. Yeah, I remember because I played earlier versions with my mom. Didn't really? you get like bonuses to stats based yeah, on gender? You got penalty strength if you were a woman. Nice. It's classy D. And then depending on the edition, you get charisma or dex or con or something. I don't remember what. Didn't Ooh. matter. Hmm. A stat that a stat less useful than strength. A traditional probably should have done con because if you actually uh, wanted to reflect childbearing and all the rest of that. Well, if you actually wanted to reflect averages, you know, obviously there's no thing. I mean, it's like the overlap is like you know massive, but you'd mm. have to go with endurance versus strength. Yeah, I only ever played first and second edition advanced. I mostly ran D and D, which. Didn't have gender <coughs> differentiation, so right. yeah, maybe maybe I just missed that. Well, um, it was AD and D decided they needed tables and stats for everything, and mm-hmm. I think that was the problem. That they needed to be hyper realistic. So there was weapon speeds, for instance, uh, and different <laughs> uh, different armors were better against bludgeoning or piercing. Or that's cool if you're making slashing. a computer game. It's mm-hmm. totally cool if you're making a computer. Game. <laughs> well, back before there was computers, you didn't have a choice. You just had to like do it by hand on paper. No. Then you don't do it at all. <laughs> it's monstrous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a different design. Or you so. get like an abacus that does it mechanically. <laughs> like, it's not an abacus, but like, <coughs> you get a machine. Side yeah. yeah, but you get a side rule. <laughs> I mean, I actually know how to use a side rule. I mean, then, then you go you go back to like 
You could argue that Tolkien like made an exception with Eowyn and only one. But yeah, but then he yeah. like foister up on Faramir. Yeah, no, we know. She's like, we oh, know. I will throw it up. It's, I will be yeah. a, it's terrible. a warrior it's, no more. Tolkien was terrible. Then you have someone contrast that with someone like George R. R. Martin, okay? Who has female characters that are humans, and I would argue actually has characters who are non-binary, like Brienne. People always argue. People always tell me Brienne is a lesbian. Brienne is clearly not a lesbian. She's in love with Jamie. Yeah, she can't be. If well, you're going to argue love with that Renly she's first, wasn't she? Yeah, she first was... she was in love with Renly, and then she's in love with Jamie. And we hear if from her. She's mm. any kind of of non sister person, by the way. Then she's you know maybe non-binary. Yeah. yeah. But like the fact, all that matters is that that's a non. Just that's because she's although although the argument might be the, the argument might just be that that, that George R. R. Martin doesn't know how to write women. No, he totally does because he, he knows how to write Cersei. He knows how to write Marjorie. Okay. Those are it's been a while since I've read the books. It's I think he does a pretty good job. I've of never read a male he just author. Everybody is an asshole, and then it's fine. <laughs> well, but some of them aren't assholes. Yeah, the true. point is, I've never had read a male author until Martin, who knew how to write a female character that wasn't retarded in some way. And I, gosh, I'm sorry to use that language. Um, that wasn't. You know, written as some sort of stilted or complete misunderstanding or stereotype or just, like, lack of theory of mind or just a dude, you know. Like, the thing between Cersei and the Queen of Thorns is amazing. The I haven't gotten thing. to that yet, and I am dying to find out. Now that, that you're telling me, there's a, there's a throwdown between Brienne those two. Brienne is amazing. I love Brienne. I'm going to have a kid named Brienne. Okay. Because she's a badass. All right. I, I'm trying to think of a, a good second example, and... I read a lot of science fiction. Well, I think my... I just haven't read enough people to find more. Well, you want to write in fantasy or traditional fantasy? Traditional fantasy because, and in Because fantasy. Amanda Downham, if you... No, no, no. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, like, I mean... Because as we brought up before... I'm talking about yeah. men. That, I'm talking being, about oh, men. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can think of quite a few good female authors yeah. and also a ton of terrible female authors. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, but you he's know, the first right? male author I've found who can do it. Um, yeah. Maybe Peter F. Hamilton, but like it's pretty yeah, good. He's like it's, it's a little so bit not post-human. Yeah, that I feel like it's, it's kind of that none of his characters are really it's, human. It's it's well, easy. To, many of his characters aren't really human. Yeah, so like um, when I read the characters, and I don't think, <coughs> oh, that's realistic. It doesn't bother me because it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be represent something completely else, right? Yeah. What about Different um, Norm Dresden? I mean, so far, he doesn't have a lot of. But he doesn't have. We only really see inside Harry's head. Yeah, yeah. And 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 he it's actually. It's the internal stuff that is his amazing critic, to me. The criticism of him is that all of his characters are basically all of his whole protagonists are basically him, mm-hmm. which is not bad because he's entertaining. But you know, well, I enjoy those books. I've only just started the second book. No, so. uh, but with Martin, his characters clearly aren't him, and it's a, it's the point that you can see inside their heads, and their heads feel so authentic to me, though. Maybe I'm not the person to say what how women think, <laughs> you know. Love Grisman, the magicians and the magician king. Um, oh, those, I've never read that. I've never. Those are freaking. It's like an adult version of Harry Potter with like drugs, sex, and magic. Um, what is it called? As we we catalog this, uh, the magicians and the magician king, and theoretically he's working on a third book, uh, <clears throat> and. It has one of the least sympathetic main characters of any book. I'm I've okay ever read. with that. Uh, I'm actually probably kind of not, but I'll try it once, um, twice. And 
I might also give it to Mayville. Like, uh, Unlundone. Um, oh, I haven't read that one. The, 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 the main character, who isn't really the main character, but becomes the main character due to circumstances, um, is pretty awesome. And, uh, of course, she's a teenage girl, so... I'm know, okay with a teenage girl acting you know, like a teenage girl. Yeah, yeah. like... You know? There, there's. I was a moron when I was a teenager. Well, all. here's the question: We know that that we know that that a number of female authors, you know, female authors, especially traditionally, produced a whole bunch of male protags. Not all, not exclusively, but like I know, I naturally do, and it drives me nuts. So that's, I think there are different reasons why I do that, but like, like, but I mean, like you, you look at a Wizard of Earth, see, that's right. always mm-hmm. from a male perspective, even though, and she was an activist. Yeah, but it's. I think that a lot of women have easier time identifying with a male protagonist than they do with a female. You've been so programmed to only only have male protagonists. But then you also have um, what is the term for it when it's not confirmation bias? Maybe it is. Um, The publishers say, "Oh, I think people will like the story." Publication bias, yeah. Publish the one that has, that has you the, know, the strong yeah. male protagonist, yeah. and, so and then, then we get used to it. The, but the great author who wrote the great book uh, with the female protagonist gets like rejection notice after rejection. Or she changed it to a male protagonist, like in the case of what's her face, Crystal in Star Fox. Originally, the game was supposed to be, the female, the oh, female yeah, I heard um, about that. character. She was supposed to be this like mighty warrior, and then in, in Star Fox. They decided that they wanted a new Star Fox game, so instead of having her, they made her like this trapped princess, and you had to rescue her, and she was completely like. So. But she was supposed to have her own game, and they yeah. completely like took that. Which so I you think can find out about it in, in whichever episode of uh, Tropes vs. Women in Video Games. Yeah, I think she in. actually covers that in there. She did. Have she I does. told you guys about Sorry Mario Brothers? No. Okay, Sorry, Mar- Sorry Mario Brothers is sort of a hack slash mod of Super Mario Brothers, where Princess Peach can jump, and you start at the end of the game and go back to the beginning uh, as Princess Peach. It makes me think of Braid. On a um, slightly more, I guess, I don't want to say serious, but like um, another game that's kind of similar to that, it's called um, Hope, The Other Side of, an, of the Adventure. It's an Android game. Is that the one where you're the, the princess you're and you're princess. waiting? Yes. Oh my it, it, god. It's, it's played out it's over so six upsetting. days. It, it's really upsetting. Yeah. So it's it's five minutes a day for six days. And you actually have to wait to the next day. It actually forces you to wait. Oh, that's and, a nice mechanic. Isn't it? Yeah. And um, it's, it has the, the, the traditional like NES controller with the move and the A and the B button. And one button makes her cry. The other button makes her sigh heavily. Yeah. And it has her, inter- <laughs> it has her internal monologue going. <laughs> About how how awful this being entrapped in the prison is, how much she wishes her prince would come, how bored she's getting, all this stuff. Um, I'm on day two now. I just found out about it's it two amazing. days ago. It is amazing because it's it's the opposite side. Because you actually it starts off just like any other game, and it has the princess carried away by the dragon. Then you have a brief little like I don't know, a little lapse. It's a couple of jumps as you're the night going off, you know, to on the journey. And then after that, you don't see him. It just tells you, he went through this land and did this and defeated this monster, this boss, whatever. Um, and then you just get the princess's monologue. And it's it's really compelling because it shows you how, you know, like the other side of the adventure. Right, because usually when you're a hero saving, she might as well be a lamp that you're rescuing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's the, that's all, exactly. <laughs> you don't understand... Like, I'd, I'd, I'd be much more comfortable with damsel scenarios if you just got to see what... If there was just, like, the recognition that that's emotionally impactful, horrible thing to be going through. Right, and that's yeah. a person. 
that you're mm-hmm. taking. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it almost makes it better and more compelling. Yeah. Like, and not mm-hmm. just from, like, the giving the other perspective, but, like, it makes the mission more important. Right. You know? Because if you're the, saving a person... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's more compelling. But, but again... <laughs> that, 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 that implies that your average male gamer thinks of women as people. <laughs> so, there's that. All the male gamers I know, though, think of women That's as true. people. That's true. But you, you have... I do have very good male gamer friends, <laughs> yeah. I must say. Um, the, the, that, that she just reminds me... Compass the people <laughs> the table. That, that reminds me of a graphic novel, uh, which is quite excellent, called The Courageous Princess. And, like... Basically, on day two, she's like, screw this noise, escapes from the dragon, and, like, sets out on an adventure to get home herself. Like, it's pretty awesome. Going back to how many male authors actually write female protags, because if if a lot of female authors are writing male protags, like, in fantasy and sci-fi, that's even less, like... Yeah. Have any of you read the Honor Harrington series? (laughs) No. Weber? I haven't read it myself. No. But the... The main character is a female protagonist, yeah. um, and from like reading the blurbs, it reminds me a little bit of Ivanova from B five, but like she's like the commander of the spaceships and it's, like I think it's more space <clears throat> opera than hard sci fi space battles, but. I haven't actually read it yet, so I don't know. See, for me, I, I don't even care about so much about having protagonists. I just want them to be there and realistic when they happen to be there. Mm-hmm. And, like, talk to each other. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I'm much more concerned with having good yeah. characters than them being necessarily the driving force of the story. In yeah. the original Star Wars series, if I recall, there were two women in space. There are two women in space. If you watch the original trilogy, <laughs> it's terrifying. Mon, Month- Mon Mothma yeah. and Princess Leia. Both like, great role models, by the way. Yeah, they are. But they're the only ones... And they never talk to each other, do they? No. No, no they never talk to each other. And, and Mon Mothma's only in, like, one scene. <laughs> yeah. She's actually but she's... only named in, like, the extended universe. Yep. She's not even named in the movie. So, like, none of the random-ass fighter pilots running around in the hangar? No, no one. No not one. Not even a single one. Not, not a one. single person. There was one black one. Yeah. There's there a was, couple dancers. There was one black guy. There was also one fat guy. Yeah, there was a black guy and a fat guy. Yeah. Porkins? There's a couple women that are dancers, but I yeah, think, but yeah. I think that's almost but worse. Those were objects. <laughs> they, were they, they were aliens. Like, they were aliens. They weren't human dancers. Remember, they were puppets. Yeah, and then replaced with those awful no, CGI things. The Twi'leks. Yeah, the Twi'leks uh, were there. Yeah, but they, had, they had female Twi'leks. <laughs> but I think there was only like that one female Twi'lek too. There was, I think there was like three. Wasn't were they, there? Were they? Over the course of the movies, I think so. Maybe. Okay. I, I, would so leave I could be wrong, but I think there was at least one in the cantina. Yeah. I think so there was at least two. We're saying maximum five women in space. And four of them spend some of their time as slaves. They do. They do. Although legitimately, Leia does best choke out the captain. asexual slug, mind you. I don't, yeah, what that is makes he no doing sense with at all. them? That makes Maybe no sense at all. Like his brother's gay. Aesthetic. I don't even get that. Wait, yeah, who? I don't understand how his brother's gay. If, his if brother, the asexual slug, is gay. His gay. They're both asexual. Uh, they Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, Jabba the Hutt. His, his cousin, it's his cousin. Is his cousin? His cousin is supposed to be gay. Wait, wait. But then plays Jabba the Hutt is straight. But they're both asexual species. Are they actually asexual species? They're an asexual. I think explicitly stated that there was no gay anything in the Star Wars universe. Wait, what, really? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, there was okay. a huge complaint about this with KOTOR. <gasps> yeah, but... Because Lucas no... Lucasfilm said, no, there's no there's no such thing as gayness in space. Just like there's no such thing as bras in space. Yeah, but then go <laughs> look at his incredibly offensive 
wisping caricature of a gay space slug cousin. Don't tell me that character is not supposed to be gay. He's supposed to be well, as it's even worse. gay as possible. It's even worse, because he's supposed to be as offensively gay as possible, and then when confronted with the possibility of something even mildly legitimate, yeah. they were like, whoa, whoa, we don't have anything legitimate here. Honestly, though, at least that's Extended Universe. It's better, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's better, it's better than the horribly offensive space juice stereotype that was yeah. in the first movie. Jesus in episode one? Christ. Nice job, Walter. I refuse to acknowledge the existence of those movies. I'm, I'm an, a huge fan of... The not yet really started Star Wars 1999 project by Aaron Diaz, uh, true. author of um, uh, Christian Kodak. Yeah, there we go. That's oh really? That's a thing? Well, he's not. He's it's not. It's it's an unofficial thing that he's doing. Yeah, he's, 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 like, he's, he's like sketches for with you. That, that that would be awesome. But like, I will watch his, that. His yeah, our idea is ready. Star Wars, yes, please. But it's never going to happen. Yeah, that, that'll happen like right after. Uh, he finishes doing the X-Men movies uh, reboot. Do they need to put him in charge of DC Comics is what they need. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, DC Comics is... Oh, did you guys fail. see the Harley Quinn thing? No. Oh, oh. The, 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 like, toaster suicide bullshit? Naked toaster the suicide. Oh my sexy, God. I'm killing myself thing. There was a huge debate on my uh, Facebook feed about how this wasn't... This isn't hate... This isn't misogynistic at all. Well, for those who don't know about it. Yeah, for those problem. who don't know. Um, so, to be, there's a contest here. Yeah, there's a contest. has to do with being able to be an artist for the new Harley Quinn. Um, and artist for what? I, I know nothing about this. For the new Harley Quinn, Quinn comic, comic, they're doing a, a contest to see if you can be one of the authors. Oh, the artist. Wait, wait, time, okay. out, time out for a second. This is iPodcast Magic Missile Social Justice Edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, you've got to draw some panels, and these panels have a couple of different options for what you can show, such as one of them is Harley Quinn sitting naked in a bathtub, about to commit suicide by electrocuting herself with a toaster. And if you and draw this is it, one of their options they gave. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if you draw it the best. You get to work on the comic. And the other three, Yay! the other three panels are all different ways that she's trying to kill herself. She's trying to prompt alligators <clears throat> to eat her and stuff like that. I think I maybe yeah. could be wrong. I, I kind of got panels. confused by the like counter contest, um, which was great. <laughs> Panel one: Harley Quinn naked in a bathtub, trying to make toast. She's concentrating fiercely, as if the fate of the world depends on the outcome. Panel two, Harley Quinn, naked, feeding toast to an alligator during a thunderstorm as whales frolic in the distance. <laughs> Panel three, Harley Quinn, naked, in a bathtub with a toaster. She is the toaster. She is the bathtub. And she is the universe. And she is God. Bow before her in despair. <laughs> Panel four, Harley Quinn at a drafting table. She's drawing Jim Lee, naked, in a bathtub with a toaster. Configuration up to the artist's discretion. Should reflect classic Looney Tunes and I stinker ending in both tone and composition. <laughs> uh... And uh, that's the counter contest, not the actual contest. Um, but you should read it for yourself. Oh, uh, I love this. She is the toaster. She is the bathtub. For she is God. Destroyer of words. Bow before her. And despair. I, my favorite was the anti-stinker. Because I, I always love those in the Looney Tunes, you know. You have, like, the artist doing all this random shit to the characters. And, like, just fucking with their lives. And then, like... Suddenly, the tables would turn as Bugs Bunny at the drafting table, and the artist was fucked. Yeah. Um, that was just, like, the best thing ever. So, what about you? So, I've played... I started playing Fallout 1. Um, 
and I haven't gotten very far. Uh, I played a bunch of X-Wing, and... Uh, Screw that game. The tabletop... Like yeah. the minis? Yeah. You don't like it? Screw that game. The, well, okay. Or are you just losing at us? <laughs> the, the rebels are, are a much easier to use than oh, the Imperial. Gosh. Well, okay. And so, you're an Imperial girl? I, I do. Because you live in an Imperial world or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we need to have, like, the, actually, there probably already is, like, yeah, a sure. star uh, cover of this. Yeah, yeah, we really did. No, it's if fine. We it's fine. YouTube, if, if, if we did that on YouTube, man. <laughs> That's one of those we should get Joanna make this a thing. <laughs> we still have to do a video promo. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we played down at the store the other day, too. Like, a two-on-two huge battle, and yeah, the Rebels wiped us out. Um, well, because I, I think the problem is, the, the Imperials, their, their stats are built as as in, like, the first movie, you know, the first trilogy, where it's numbers, right? They're, they're, they're cheap planes, meant to be, or, or ships, meant to be mass-produced. And, and numerical superiority, large groups of them flying at once. But the way the points are, it, like, you can't quite get enough for numbers to be to be effective. And so, first or second turn, the rebels annihilate one or two ships. <clears throat> Especially if the As rebel those... player isn't taking Luke Skywalker and exactly uh, like big named characters. If you're taking like Ten Nub and Blue Rookie Squadron pilot. Um, they're cheap enough that... And the, and the ships are just so just this much better yeah. that they can annihilate a couple and, and even the odds instantly. This is a Death Spiral game too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not fun. There's I no mean, rubber banding at all. That, that said, doing the actual missions <coughs> is, is a little bit more balanced. Um, Especially if you think of it from a more story perspective. Uh, we've been playing some Formula D. That looked interesting. A race car board game where you drive cars around and uh, I'm not sure if it's actually in the rules or not, but you make like vroom vroom noises when you shift up and down. I'm pretty sure there are rules yeah. for that. There've got to be rules for that. It, it, it should be much like with Magblast. Um, and you know it's pretty awesome. I've had some pretty excellent wrecks. And uh, <laughs> Elle and I started playing through Resistance again, mm-hmm. which is is a pretty awesome co-op campaign. Uh, Resistance three. Oh, that's uh, the, for PS3? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's been to play Ratchet and Clank as well. That's true. So I'm what's Resistance that. about? Uh, it is about World War II where uh, aliens attacked, except instead of the world like joining forces against them, it's more like they took over Russia and then attacked everybody. And <laughs> so they're Russian aliens, or what? No, they're the Chimera, and they like... Uh, eventually are, like, terraforming the Earth to make it colder because they have, like, these huge heat sinks on their back and stuff. Oh, that's Which why is very, very minor spoilers uh, because, like, in the first game you find out that if you shoot the heat sinks, it'll fuck them up. Um, which is, you know, kind of cool. But it's actually the same people who make Ratchet and Clank. So every weapon has, like, two different modes of fire and there's, like, 16 billion different weapons. Is this available for, like, the 362? No, it's PS3 exclusive. This is the thing. I made the wrong choice. I bought the P- I bought the, P- the the 360, and I... And all of the good little games are PS3. So at yep. some point, I'm going to have to buy a PS3 when they're cheap and go back and buy used games. Which is well, that yeah, the PS3 one. It's Get cheap. yourself a PS2. Like, 10 well, years. The PS4 is coming out soon. Get yourself a PS2. And have a PS2. I can recommend like twenty or thirty awesome games for you. Oh, I mean, I've um, played a bunch of the the really good ones. Um, I, I just it's just 
But there's, I mean, there's been a few really outstanding 360 titles. Like Lost Odyssey, obviously, oh, is true. one of my faves. But, like, I, I just, I made the wrong choice. The real... And I made the wrong choice because I hate Sony so much, and I had to develop for their console, and they suck. <laughs> but they did the right thing with the PS4. It's PC hardware. They, the like, they finally came around. PS4, I'm very happy with how it sounds. And I'm very happy with, with the stuff that's being developed. Have you guys seen the... Um, the promos for what is that game with the where you, the game the, the idea is that you you basically hack a city to get things done oh, oh what is it called um, it's got these dogs no yeah, it's got, uh, watchdogs watchdogs yeah and it's got just absolutely <clears throat> it it takes advantage of the ability now you can have so many more objects on screen which you don't really notice until it's not like so much an increase of graphics as it increases the amount of the independent things that are there and you really see it in the shadow play, but more, most importantly in the facial dynamics. So the faces are so realistic looking that it like it it doesn't hit my uncanny valley anymore. It's not like a, in Oblivion where you have like a really well articulated lower half of the face, and then, and then the other half, botoxed, and everyone just like from the. From the nose up, can't move their face. <laughs> oh, that that reminds me actually Bethesda. of another Apple T uh, comic where like the the main character walks into this place where they built all these robots that are human looking, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is so terrifying! It's terrible!" Uh, and then he like turns to God, who is a cat that hangs around with him. <laughs> um, he's like, "Did you? How, what did you do when you made humans that was?" Uh, like, lets you get around this problem. And, and God's like, oh, no, I didn't. It, it's totally, like, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. So speaking of video games, Yanni, you'll be very proud of me. Mm-hmm. I finally have almost beaten FTO without cheating. <laughs> so I um, I got FTL some time ago on this, during the Steam sale. I got it for super cheap. And it looked fun. But the thing is, it's hard as ball. <laughs> this is what I've heard. It's a space roguelike. Yeah, it is. And it's fun. I, I love it. But oh my gosh, is it infuriating. <laughs> so I actually went in and I just like used a save editor to kind of edit the ship and do things and save scum. And <laughs> I beat the game, but then I, I finally have, have almost beaten the... It's with that, that, that spinal mount cannon. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, is it awesome. Find a ship. It's basically a big giant laser that takes forever to charge up, but does crazy damage and ignores shields. And so I just stack you only weapons have on to top fire of it. At once. Basically, hopefully. Watch out for things you only have to fire once. <laughs> this, is, this is like Will's. This is like Will's Pathfinder character. <laughs> Are you guys still playing that game? Did yeah, you, did you find a different night to play? We it can on play or? it on Tuesdays, which is great. We had it. A really awesome session where we were doing underwater adventuring. Oh, that and, sounds fun. Because I have a cannon. That's right. So I got to experience the world without my cannon, and it was very cool. This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com. I Podcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.